has a link in here. So it's going to hold me if it's small text and it has two links. So we'll see what the front is. Good afternoon, this is Dave Villa, and I'm here with my friend, partner, buddy, colleague, co-host, Mr. David Cribbs. What's up, Cribbs? Hey, what's going on, Mr. Villa? Man, I tell you what, man, I am so um, I am so happy, man, so happy today to be sitting here next to you, brother, Come on, brother. getting ready for a Thank great you. show, man. I just Amen. tell you, I'm fired up. It's Thursday. It Thursday. It's November 13th, 2014. We're... You know, we're in the second to the last month of the year. We're getting ready for, you know, Thanksgiving. And speaking of Thanksgiving, man, I, I think it's appropriate that we that we take a second and we talk about gratefulness. Because I want to say to, first of all, to, uh, to I mean, I, I'm grateful for God, man. I'm grateful because, you know, me personally, I serve a God in, in, in that, uh, that, that, that loves me. And I'm grateful for my wife, for my kids. I'm grateful for family. I'm grateful for America. I'm grateful for this great country we live in. I'm grateful to the listeners that listen to this show. I'm grateful to our clients at IPD, you know, uh, six, seven hundred dealerships that, you know, that, that, that we work with, that we're privileged to call clients. And, I mean, I'm just, I'm just grateful, man, for a lot of things. And I think that I think as an American, you know what, you may not have everything. You may look at your life and go, you know something, there's so much more. And, and that I can do and that I can have. And, and you know what? There's a difference in being complacent, okay, and being, uh, and, and being discontent. And so if you're out there, no matter where you are, even if life has not necessarily, you know, been the greatest or maybe you haven't been given the, you haven't gotten the great 
the great shake that you need, what have you. I think it's important to be grateful. What do you think? I think absolutely. I think all you have to do is look around you. You're bound to find someone who doesn't have something that you have, you know, and anything that we have is a gift from God is the way I see it. And uh, I'm certainly grateful for all the things you mentioned. And, by the way, two days ago mm-hmm. was Veterans Day. I'm thankful. Thankful, man. To the veterans. Well, and, thank you, uh, brother, because oh, you're well, a veteran, well, man. You're welcome. You know, I think about my son because mm-hmm. now my son is active duty mm-hmm. in Savannah, Georgia. And, uh, Very cool, it's, man. Uh, well, he follows in his dad's footsteps. Well, you know, what's funny, what's funny is I did my best to talk him out of it, not mm-hmm. because I didn't think it was a good move, right. but because... You know, you care about them. when it's you know, your when it's your sure. kid, it's sure. like you don't want them in harm's way of anything, no any possibilities, especially in today's world. But you That's know, right. hey, he has his own passion, and you know, I support him. Well, absolutely, and you know, um, we we try to open the show as every week. You know, if you're regular listeners of Auto Dealer Life, first of all. Um, we have a contest that starts every week now. We, we call it our Tweeter Leader. Um, you know, basically it's just a it's, – it's not just a retweet war. I want to kind of clarify this. We had a lot of questions on it. By the way, congratulations to Stacey Ellison who won on, this last Stacey. week. Um, first of all, Desking Deals, IPD Mail, Auto Dealer Live, and, of course, the guest of that particular day are exempt. Um, you know, we don't remove them from the leaderboard physically because the software that we use, we'd have to constantly make – um, you know, specific manipulations on that. So what we do is we just exclude them. So if you see the guest or us, we just tweet a lot. Now it's done um, is it's it's done through uh, not only retweets, but it's done through uh, your your reach. You know, if you if you uh, have a lot of followers or you reach a lot of people or a lot of mentions. So there's a contest that starts at two thirty every single Thursday and ends at five thirty one hour prior. In one hour after the show. And listen, man, we're going to give away swag. Um, you know, we're going to give away. We have 10X autograph books from Grant Cardone. We have Auto Dealer Live t-shirts. Yeah, we've got uh, Dave Anderson uh, books. We've got, uh, in fact, coming up on a show here shortly mm-hmm. is Mark Tuart. Mark Tuart. And by the way, happy birthday this week, happy Mark birthday. Tuart. And, uh, you yeah, know, a we host got, of we other swags. Things. Yeah, we, we got, got brace got all kinds of swags. We've got Entree Leadership books by Dave Ramsey. We've got Tracy Myers autograph books. We've got Auto Dealer Live t-shirts and posters and all different kinds of things. Well, what are we trying to do? We're not trying to just buy a listeners. We're trying to tell you we're grateful and we appreciate Absolutely. it. So tweet. And here's, here's the way you do it. You have to include at Auto Dealer Live. If you're not following us on Twitter, follow us at Auto Dealer Live and also the hashtag Auto Dealer Life has to be included. Other than that, anybody that it, it, anybody that, that that accidentally or on purpose retweets or mentions will count towards your uh, towards the, your your score. We send the results just now at the top of the show. We sent them out, and then every twenty minutes throughout the show, we're going to send out the updates. Jump the on update. Twitter, call your friends, text them, and tell them to support you because you want to win. Stacey Ellison won last week, and then we're going to post your scores. And then at five thirty. Eastern time, it ends for that particular show. Um, if you have questions, call us. you got the number right there, don't you? Yeah, 813-813-574-1820. 813-574-1820. And by the way, Mr. Dave. Yes, sir. Mr. Dave. <laughs> my beard's getting at the point where now is typically when I shave it, uh-huh. but am I still? I think I'm yeah. on the hook, right? And, yeah. So, well, actually, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I got one more thing to say. I was gonna mention that actually, and I'll just get you to say something about that. But real quick, because we ha- we're gonna talk about that, and we got to go bring ahead. our go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm our first guest on it at, at three four. Our first panel at three forty here. But Ooh. just real quick, uh, Dave mentioned the number. We mentioned the the, the tweeter deal going on. Also, um, just to, to kind of put it out there uh, bef- before we do that, because this segues into it. Um, 
we, you know, we, we talked a lot. We, we, we have a brand new director of sales, uh, Karen uh, uh, Hickam, and she's amazing. Uh, she's here. She is literally unbelievably strong. And, and uh, we were talking, Dave, you and I, and some of the management team and salespeople here about getting off the bench. It's actually my blog for Dealer Solutions. It's also a video I sent out. But getting off the bench, and it has to do with this whole no-shave November. But we didn't do it just because it's no-shave November. We attached... Some, some things to it, and, and uh, you know, we're having just a completely strong month, man. We're going for it here. Mm-hmm. And and you, if I understand it correctly, have accepted the challenge that you won't shave until what? Uh, <laughs> until we hit that magical number. That, the magical that, that, number. That we're going to hit for the month. So ZZ right. Top, by the end of the, end of the month, yeah, I'm going to have to get see, – see, what I typically do, I'll grow it to about as long as this, and then I shave it, and, you know, I usually have a little shadow, but I keep it low, keep it, you know, keep it low. But now, now. now I don't even know what it's going to look like. I've oh, never had be. that growth yeah. over that amount of time. So I've got to get some – I've got to get some – I've got to get some just for men. Right, right, right. Because, you know, yeah. um, I don't know oh, why. Gray, I don't know why because I'm not old enough to have mm-hmm. gray coming out of my beard, mm-hmm. but apparently for some reason it is. Yeah. So I got to get some just for men to kind of. Well, you know what, man? It, it, it looks good, brother. It looks good. Exactly. And and so get off the bench, man. Before we bring him on, you know, I, I want to I want you to touch on that for a second. I, I don't want to ask your opinion because you know the deal is this. You know, getting off the bench. I will tell you as a father. Speaking of father, you know, um, you know, we talked about this. Uh, you know, uh, speaking of fathers, you know, you and I are uh, fathers. You have six yes. kids. I have three. Yes. Remember when your kids were little? I want you to bear with me for a second. I, w- I want to talk to you about getting off the bench and getting into the game because the deal is this. You know, No matter how strong or, or not strong you are, no one will ever know and you can't ever accomplish anything if you're not on the field. So I remember stand in a pool. Uh, you know, now it's not a big deal. Obviously, I have kids that are that are almost twenty-one, uh, nineteen years old, and, and fourteen. And my kids, when they were smaller, you know, I remember being in the pool with that dad. You know, come on, jump in, mm-hmm. jump in. They're learning how to swim, mm-hmm. and you know, they're standing there on the sidelines. So so it be, and they're standing there, and they want so bad to be in the water. But they're so apprehensive of what's going to happen. What what is it like? Am I going to get hurt? Am I am I am I am I in danger? In the moment, the moment that they jump in the water, right? I don't know about your house or yours mm-hmm. listening, but mm-hmm. at my house it was on. I mean, I'm talking like literally, man. I'm talking like my son would get out, my daughters, and say, "Hey, dad, 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 dad." Thirty five, forty times later, they're wearing you out to do it again. So yeah, exactly. The point is, get in the water and enjoy it. Yeah. And get off the bench. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's true. You know, right here, how mm-hmm. it hits home here is we, right. do, we do a lot of over-the-phone sales. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and obviously uh, with dealers, a lot of the leads come in. You're working customers over the phone. Right. And, and you've seen it before. We have uh, sometimes we have uh, salespeople that, you know, they get ready, they prepare, but <coughs> there, there's a little bit of call reluctancy. You can tell that they're kind of stalling or they're taking too long in mm-hmm. between calls. And it's all about that fear you know right. and, and and but let me say this the only way the only thing that will drive fear away mm-hmm. is action it's absolutely. simply that so you got to make that move well we have our panel absolutely brother we have our panel ready here in a second to bring on but real quick i i want to i want to give honor where honor is due here and you know what i want to congratulate actually i want to congratulate autonation autonation <laughs> that's right yeah. i want to congratulate hey. them because they have adopted the grant cardone five steps 
uh, express buying process. Yes. I said it right. Waving it down. I said it right. I want to congratulate AutoNation because Grant Cardone's uh, five-step express buying process is off the chain. And also, Grant, congratulations. Uh, AutoNation, you know, breaking news here earlier, uh, adopts Grant Cardone's five-step express buying, pra- uh, buying process. And I just want to say congratulations to both AutoNation and Grant Cardone, man. Um, it, it's, it's well-deserved. The guy's a training beast. And, of course, uh, you know, the, uh, one of the best. Um, you know, hooks up with with the biggest, and uh, so really cool. Yeah, and uh, I, I walked outside and waved up in the air the other day, yesterday actually, because Grant flew in. You know, he flew into Tampa, mm-hmm. then he flew to Ocala, mm-hmm. back to Miami. <clears throat> Well, and, he was flying uh, in. Actually, uh, our panel that we're bringing on here, we have Matt Lasko. Yeah, he was uh, with uh, John Marazzi yep. yesterday, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, he was with John Marazzi. He was going to be on our panel. So without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, get right in and dive right into our dealer panel. Um, I know you're going to jump in with the first question, but let's go ahead and uh, introduce um, the car guys that we have on the phone here. A couple of them um, are, are no strangers to the show, but I'm going to tell you that, that all three of them are no strangers to selling cars and, and succeeding. Um, and, and let me start by saying we have Matt Lasco. Matt is the vice president and general manager of Lasco Ford. They're located in Fenton, Michigan, and uh, this town, a town of around 12,000. Uh, Matt does uh, somewhere between 380 and 400 uh, vehicles out of Fenton, and also he is the owner of uh, Lasco of Grand Blank, um, a store that he started a couple of years ago with zero sales and. If I have it correctly, there are up around 130 uh, used vehicles. Uh, Matt, in in his region, which is tremendous, um, has has often in the obviously always in top five, often number one or two in certified Ford pre-owned um, vehicle sales, and in the top five in the nation. Um, I know a couple of months ago we have John Marazzi. John is uh, John's an amazing trainer, um, an amazing car guy. Um, John, I first met uh, years ago when he was the principal of Fort Myers Toyota. They were doing somewhere above a thousand cars a month, which you know that's all. Um, but <laughs> John Marazzi uh, has done the same sir. thing at Brandon Honda. Is on his track to do that. He uh, has taken Brandon Honda from a, a you know a mediocre performing store when he bought it to a store that is uh, in the top forty of Honda stores in the nation, number one on the west coast of the state of Florida. And then uh, somebody that I've met more recently, but I've really come to like him, um, Brett Aubrey. I hope I'm saying that right, but Brett is the principal of uh, Lakeside Ford, uh, Villa Platte, if I said that right, Villa Platte, and also Winsboro Dodge. All three of those stores are in uh, Louisiana, and uh, Brett is an awesome car guy. Uh, we were just talking earlier. He just got himself a, a new plane here, too, and uh, pretty cool. He's trying to talk me into getting one, honey, if you're listening uh, that's right. I, I, you know, um, I'm going to get a plane. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, I, without further ado, want to welcome John Marazzi, Brett Aubrey, and Matt Lasco. Gentlemen, welcome to Auto Dealer Live. How are you today? Good, David. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. I'm going to let Dave Cribbs jump right in here and uh, and ask the first question. And and as as uh, as part of our practice, when we have great guys like you on the phone. I want you guys just to go ahead and be able to bounce off one another and uh, you know give your feedback. Jump in anywhere you can. This this segment's about you, not us. Yeah, you know, and I don't want to dwell too much on the past, but I do want to ask because last month, October, you know, every, almost every month this year we've had we've seen record numbers in the car business. And last month in October, mm-hmm. a lot of our dealers were saying that they were off, and and I'm wondering, you know, what that looks like here on the panel. And uh, maybe if, if you were off a little bit or if you were ahead, maybe why? And then, of course, we'll talk about how to maybe change that for the rest of the year, what that looks like. But, but John, what, what was uh, October like? Hello, John? Hey, John, you there? 
Like I said, hey Matt. <laughs> Matt, can you hear? <laughs> I think I know John's on with us. We might have uh, we we might have to reestablish a connection. But Matt, once you filled that question, man. I mean, the question was, uh, you know, October. What did it look like? And you know, not going back, but you know, and also, how did you uh, how did you segue into uh, doing something a little different in November? And uh, what's the pulse so far in the right in this month? Well, I, I I would say that October started off blurry and, and uh, ended up fair. Uh, it wasn't as much that the market was down. It's that in our particular store and area, we've been still on a real steady growth pace for, you know, all throughout 2014. And last month we had to really fight just to achieve last year's numbers. Um, and even to do that, we you know, as, as a dealer in our uh, state, we chose to keep the volume and we actually had to lower some gross per vehicle uh, in order to achieve the volume just to hit last year's numbers. So it's definitely a little tighter market. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the profit side of things is, is we're starting to feel what it's, people forget. We got spoiled for a long time. There's Absolutely. tons of new car inventory and there's tons of used car inventory. So the, the day where you just got to sell anything and make a big profit is a lot different. Mm-hmm. You asked how we segued forward. We looked into November, and all through October, as we purchased vehicles for the used car lot, we really honed in on getting a little bit more specialty and a little less basic. So if we wanted an Explorer, we didn't just buy the, this black Explorer. We might have bought the black Explorer with the navigation with the wheels right. so we could find a way to, to stand some ground and, and develop some more growth. You know? Um, you know, hey, John, are you on with the sound? Do we have John Marazzi back on yet? Uh, we're going to work on getting John uh, back on. I know he was on, but uh, Brett, you're with us, correct? Brett, I'm here. Okay, but I'm going to I'm going to ask you I'm going to ask you yeah, this, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question, and then if uh, and then Matt kind of just have you jump in right on it as well. And if John Marazzi uh, does connect back on. Um, I want to have John weigh in on it as well, but you know, let's let's talk for a second, Matt. You mentioned used cars, and I want to I want to kind of talk about something that's been on the radar of a lot of uh, dealers that we've talked to in the last two and a half three weeks, especially, and that's secondary finance, and we don't talk enough about it. And uh, you know, I, I want to talk to you about um, your opinion on on. on the, the banks, you know, as far as you know, the, the, how deep they're buying right now, what you're seeing as far as the ability. I know that, for instance, I heard a lot of dealers talk about, you know, at one point you had to have this certain, you know, type or price cost of car, but today is shifting a little bit, and there's the ability, from what I'm hearing in the market, Brett, to to put people in 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 cars that possibly three four years ago you you wouldn't be able to put them in in certain scores. Um, what, what are you seeing on that level of special finance and how the banks are buying and what your dealership's doing? And then Matt, I'll have you jump in on that as well. I guess what we're seeing more than anything else, David, is I'm seeing kind of kind of piggybacking on what you said is that banks are willing to, I guess because of the competitive environment of subprime, mm-hmm. they're willing to take some risk with the customer, go longer terms, go higher mileage. So we're seeing some stuff where cars have 250,000 miles if they're going 48, 60 months. Instead of requiring a $2,500 down payment, they're requiring a five six $600 down payment. So we're seeing a lot of stuff that we used to Right. Matt, what do you think? 
Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. Well, I, I think where, where he said the, the fact that the lender's competitiveness between each other has been to an advantage for both the customer and the dealer right now. Um, and I think dealers have to uh, really pay attention that if you've been given one bank a lot of business and you haven't taken the time to start to, to shop some of those approvals through some either newer lenders or lenders that might have been tighter six months ago, you've really got to open your eyes and look because he hit it on the point there. The, even the banks, and in, 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 uh, I'll use a CAC as an example, mentally, dealers for years have thought of the CAC as, oh, I need a five grand cheap car and a guy with no income. The CACs have said, well, hey, we want a piece of the whole pie, so they're trying to sell $15,000 cars for five-year loans. It really became a consumer and dealer market <coughs> shop for subprime models. Right. Now, I'll touch on one thing, David, though, I, I think it's kind of important for dealers out there that are thinking about getting into this. The approvals have all become easier. The advances and everything else all look the, the The banks, and you hit it right on the money, the, the banks, on the other hand, in their funding, have gotten more and more strict solely because of our federal compliance regulations. And some of the deals you might have said, hey, I can get this waived or I can get a favor here. Nowadays, it's gotten a lot more black and white. And as a dealer, you better collect your stips or send stuff to lenders ahead of time or you can get yourself into a pickle nowadays. Absolutely. Well, Brett, you're... I agree with you. There, there's, no, there's no lead way on the funding side whatsoever. Absolutely. Well, Brett, you're, you're, you know, it's interesting, too, and you're in a, you're in a tough state, um, you know, Louisiana. You know, obviously has, you know, very strict compliance uh, issues, especially with, you know, credit advertising. So, you know, the dealerships there, I think uh, the ones that we've talked to, and I know you're a hammer and you guys are strong, um, you know, the dealerships that are there are, are extreme. They're, they're, they're really trying to go after this. The guys that are aggressive in, um, you know, in secondary finance, man, are, are you know, are really, uh, are really interested in finding ways to target these individuals. And, uh, you know, the lenders, it seems like the lenders are willing as well. And, and Matt, let me ask you, you mentioned CAC and, and uh, you know, I know that they buy deep. So I know you're, you know, you're, you know, you got a situation where, you know, there's a, there's obviously a huge, huge difference there. Um, you know, why are some dealers, guys, and Matt, I'll kind of start with you and Brett, you know, and maybe the answer is obvious, but why are some dealers, why, what's the, what's the apprehension, man, from jumping into secondary finance? It, does it really just come down to not having that guy? You know, not not having that guy because <clears throat> I know that there's steps together, and you know, there's a lot of things you know that really require staying on top of it. And uh, you know, your standard finance guy, a lot of times, he doesn't have really the skill set necessary to to make that um, make that a deal. I mean, is that is that what it is? Because I know that a lot of dealers are uh, you know are very interested in finding out how to build you know that secondary division. And they're asking for training on it. Well, I. Here's my opinion of it, is they probably should go find some training because it doesn't necessarily take Bill Gates to do subprime. It takes someone that will take their time, that will take their time. Not put the cart before the horse, not put the car on the road until they verify the data that they have. And in all honesty, our desk, we have our desk guys across the desk. We have our desk guys across the desk. They could desk a 800-core on a new vehicle. Or they could do a 420-core on a new vehicle. 
and what we create is, is an opportunity okay, and then create is an once the deal is going through finance, once the deal is going through finance, verify all the data, verify all the data, keep the deal clean, and if before a deal gets done, they catch it. So I, I think dealers need to get into it. They probably think it's harder than it is. Probably think it's harder than it is. And most of the time, and I'm sure it's Brett, right? You know, the, the guy that you're mentioning is actually the one that buries dealers into trouble. Because they think they can work through all the loopholes and everything else, and they put the cart before the horse. So we kind of went away from the kind of the self-trying guy and the self-trying our whole staff how to do every deal. You know, it's um, it's interesting because, you know, uh, Dave, you and I, um, you know, you came out of the, the business as well, and we talked to probably a, we have 100 dealerships a week, you know, through our company here. And, and the thing is, when it comes to secondary finance, um, it's, it's, you know, it's one of these things where, um, you know, you know, dealers are, are dealers are really going after it in a different level right now. Hey, let me ask you this, Brett. Um, hey, one of you guys by chance have your speakers up on your phone? We're getting really bad feedback. Is uh, if anybody has the um, show coming out on the, if you could just maybe turn that down. Uh, but let me ask you this, Brett. Um, do you, uh, you know, what, how are the grosses? I mean, how 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 are the, how's the money on secondary compared to you know seven eight years ago? You know, how how's the front and back end? I mean, what's what's the all around deal look like? And and I think that you know, um, what's that looking like to you? Is it, is it better? Is it worse? Is it different? Well, I mean, in our market, our market. Are you talking to me or are you talking to Matt? I'm talking to you, Brett. John, you're on with us too, correct? Oh, sorry. John Marazzi, you're on now, uh, correct? No, I, I was trying. Okay, go ahead, Brett. I was just going to say, I mean, in our market, I, I find the average gross is right about the same as it does in the prime. I mean, the, the key on the gross has always been and will always be is where you buy the car, not where you sell it. I mean, I mean, the used to on the grosses, and that was how we kind of started the segment. Used to on subprime, they cut it back to an 80%, 75% equity call. Whereas today, they'll do a subprime deal 105, 110%, just like they do a property deal. It's just what, just what, what the other gentleman was alluding to is it's just about what steps you collect and what information you have to get the deal from. So I think today the, the opportunity is in the subprime. One of the things I'll build on what y'all said while ago, though. I believe the reason that dealers don't like it is I think you have two kinds of dealers. I think you have dealers that fully engage it, that are, that, that are excited about the business, and I think you have dealers that maybe because the economy's doing well or because they're doing good grosses or whatever, they feel like they don't need that business and don't want that client to do which is a benefit for us. You, you hit the nail on the head, Brett, with, uh, with that. <laughs> There are dealers that are fully engaged, and there are dealers that discount it. But I'm going to ask Matt this: Matt, are, we're not just talking about uh, we're not just talking about bigger grosses, but we're also talking about if we ignore that market, we're talking about market share that we're missing, aren't we? Matt, you there? Yeah, we're having some um, we're having some uh, some sort of feedback issues, and I'm not really sure why, but I apologize about that. But uh, go ahead. Uh, did you hear the question, Matt, or did you repeat it? Well, I think I heard the question. I just heard myself when I talked back. But um, what we're saying is, what's the share market 
No, what I was actually referring to, Matt, was, you know, when we think of subprime, sometimes we think of, you know, uh, the grosses, that we're going after the grosses. But if we ignore the subprime, it's not just about the grosses, it's about market share, because with the economy the way it is, what has affected uh, the average Joe, I mean, that's a huge part of our market that has, you know, cre- credit challenges. Yeah, you're, you're, I agree 100%, and I will tell you this, too. A lot of people miss the fact that whether it's uh, an entry-level subprime deal or a two-time repo deal, if I can get a person in the car properly, the retention factor of those clients and the, their repeat business is actually as high or higher than the guy that finds your car on Auto Trader from 50 miles away. So we feel like it's really allowed us to develop a customer base that went from lower-end used cars to a little higher-end used cars, going into new cars. And in many cases, we see, too, they might have been subprime for us two years ago, but now they're, they're approved on a new car Ford lease. So it's a big opportunity for a dealer to captivate their market and then grow their market from within their database. Right. Well, that's that's incredible, guys. And I and I again, um, um, my I have OCD anyway, and so the feedback here, I'm not sure if you guys have heard or not, uh, makes me want to makes me want to uh, break my new iPhone. But um, the uh, I appreciate you guys coming on the phone. It's it's really incredible. And Brett, you know, I I uh, Matt's Matt's been a, a client, a friend, and and somebody that I've uh, admired as a car guy for for about six years now. Uh, Matt, you take in the store, and I know secondary is a huge part. And by the way, John Marazzi's been on hold, and somehow the the system's not allowing him. And I apologize. Uh, we're going to bring John on after this, so we can ask him a, a couple of questions when we are finished with you guys. But uh, Matt, I've admired you because I know you took the store that you grew up in, and you know you're you're a young guy, and your brother's even younger. But you took this store, and secondary's been a big part of it. And man, dude, you get twelve thousand people in the town, and you're freaking wiping. The, this is this is me saying it. You're a humble guy in a winter, but you're wiping the floor with competitors that are that are that should be bigger. They have a bigger market, and the deal is secondary is a big part of that. I remember you telling me a year and a half ago or so that you know you, at one point you know you were you were doing three quarters of a million dollars a month in subprime you know uh, uh, you know uh, subprime gross uh, net profit. But I wanted to you know I want to tell you man that I admire that you took the store from 80 plus vehicles to over 350 and and uh, you know secondary is a big part of that. And and it's and it's how and Brett mentioned it a second ago at the you know. The very very last thing he said, and it's really it's really important. He said, you know, the dealers that stay away from it is better for you guys. And you know, you hit the nail on the head, Brett. And that's that's why you guys are successful because you know you're you're you know you're you're really honestly taking that customer. And Matt, you shared shared this with me a while back. Your philosophy is, look, one day they're never going to stop coming to you. And you know what? And, and they, they got family members. And you know, you just got a customer for life, and I, and I know. And would you guys say that you know treating those customers right, and not only that, the profit? I mean, that's a big part of your success, Brett. Would you agree with that? I, I believe that. I believe that in today's world, I mean, 15 years ago, people treated subprime like it was a secondary customer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, they ought to be privileged to walk in the store. I think today, you got to treat them exactly the same you treat any other customer, compared to what he said. The repeat and referral business off of subprime is two X over what a regular subprime. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, Brett and Matt, we're we're so thankful. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I was gonna say I think when you sell a subprime, 
I think you hit on the theme this year because somebody finally treated him like a buyer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why your peak of pro business is so much greater is because they're so appreciative that you treated them like somebody who could actually purchase something. And they go out and tell everybody the price guy, he expects you to treat him. Take 30 seconds, Matt. Take 30 seconds, Matt, and comment on that And and as we wrap the segment up. Well, I think he's he's right on the money. There's just a lot of people miss the fact that, number one, everybody's walking around and there's a reason that they have their credit problem. Mm -hmm. In most cases, they had one dramatic change in their life that caused it, and they probably were fine through it. So they're very embarrassed walking in. We need to learn to understand where their mindset is embrace them and just like he said if you put your arms around them you take care of them Mm -hmm. i get more people that facebook or tweet me a picture of their car at home on that that had a challenge and they they in their comment mentioned you know alaska worked hard to get me an approval or whatever it was or i didn't have much money down i get 10 times more of that action than i do the person that called from an hour away and we sold a car a thousand below invoice even though i sold it for a thousand below invoice, they mm-hmm. don't call and tell all their friends about it because they just got a price where you get to actually sell yourself they got a car. to that subprime customer. And I'll give you 10 more seconds, David. One thing that people miss mm-hmm. is subprime is actually easier for a rookie salesperson than selling a new car or a used car internet lead because the subprime customer usually hasn't had a great experience, so they're very willing to be walked through a slow, mm-hmm. step-by-step process and that usually caters to an inexperienced salesperson. So we actually think it's a great way to train salespeople through the process. That's a great point, Matt. A thank great you point. Brett, Matt, thank, thank you. you once again for being on the show. We, we're out of time, but thank you. We're so grateful to have you as contributors. Thank you, guys. Great week, guys. Thanks, so right. Thank you. That was thank Brett, you. Aubrey, and Matt Lasko. And we're going to bring John on. Is John still on hold? Okay, and uh, we're going to bring him on for a couple minutes here. We're, we're behind schedule. We apologize about technical difficulties, and, and uh, you know, I'll apologize to you, but um, it, you're lucky you just weren't in my ear because I was hearing, yeah. it, <laughs> yeah, I was hearing an echo the we entire time. You ever had that cell phone thing where you talk and like you hear everything? Well, that times 25,764. Percent was yeah. going on in my ear, yeah. and I am shocked that I could actually even hear what I was saying. But uh, hey, we pulled it off, and uh, and uh, so hey, man, uh, the beautiful world of technology. But we're going to bring John on in just a second because uh, he took time out of his busy schedule. And yeah. the guy is a phenomenal car guy, John Marazzi. Uh, just give me the thumbs up, Mike. But John Marazzi, man, is is uh, you know is a, is a rock star when it comes to uh, selling cars, running a dealership. And uh, hey, man, listen, you know, secondary finance is is a touchy subject. I mean, it really there's money in it, and there's and there's the ability to to turn somebody into a customer for life. For life. Yeah. And and I tell you, man, dealers, if you if you want to know. If you want to know, and I, and I and I would challenge you, and I'd love to hear stuff like that, really talk about a digital dealer coming up and things like that. It's going to be in Tampa here in April. And uh, speaking of that, um, uh, speaking of, of, uh, of Tampa, uh, speaking of Rockstar, we have uh, on the phone with us finally here um, uh, John Marazzi. John is the uh, dealer principal of uh, Brandon Honda, and uh, he is um, – are we having another issue with the phone again? Okay, so we're going to move on. Um, we're going to move on here and uh, and, um, and 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 uh, go to the next uh, segment here. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, know uh, I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good, good. So, drop kick something? Uh, yeah, okay. a little bit, a little bit. Um, are we uh, are we behind now or are we oh, on sure. schedule? We're behind, we're but behind. it's all right, okay. man. But you know, guess who's next? We have Matt. Uh, Monero that's going to be coming on here, and uh, you know I know that you you talked to Matt, and yeah. um, I'm extremely. 
stoked, man, to get uh, to get Matt Manier on the phone. Talk a little bit about him yeah, well, we're as gonna, we get him on here. Yeah, yeah, we're going to uh, actually cover something that <clears throat> I don't think we've ever really touched base on here on Auto Dealer Live. So it's, that that's going to be exciting in itself. But uh, Matt is the owner of Commercial Fleet Fly- Financing. He's taken to this company to one hundred million dollars. Boom! Come on, one hundred million dollar company. And uh, he's going to be sharing some things that we will absolutely blow you away. And Once you go uh, ahead and introduce him and yeah, bring him on here, because I know he's been waiting patiently, absolutely. and I'm excited. And I believe, I believe, and Matt can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, the company actually uh, launched in 1995. He has a hundred million dollar company, Commercial Fleet Financing, and he can uh, offer financing for dealers on uh, commercial truck vehicles. And we're going to talk about uh, what that might look like as far as some of the market share. That even uh, you don't have to be a big giant commercial truck dealer to take advantage of this. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But uh, but before we go any further, I'd like to welcome Matt Monero. Matt, are you with us? Uh, Matt's not, but John Morrell. John, John, John. <laughs> hey, John. Guess what? Did you, we're, we're, um, we're, we're going to have some producers that need a job here. <laughs> this is the we we uh, we we are we are jacked. I'm looking at Matt on the screen. Yeah. And um, I, and I'm talking to you, but let me let me ask you this, man. Um, actually, I I, I so appreciate uh, you as uh, the dealer and the busy dealer that you are, man. And we're going to bring Matt on in just a second, Matt. Um, uh, just give us a second. We're going to bring you on. I don't know if you know Matt Monero or not, but um, he is uh, he's a he's a great guy. Hundred million dollar a year company. He's got some great insight on team building. But John, I know you're you. I've been to your dealership. I know yesterday a Grant and the team flew in. Um, you had some awesome training going on. I've been at your store. It's like walking into. Um, it's almost kind of neat that we got you on by yourself because. It's like walking into you know to like a, you know ESPN on the on the on the TVs. Just got such a great atmosphere. Um, your guys, man, are just killing it. They're working hard. You can feel the fact that they want to be there. And and so I want to ask you, man, the, the, how important how important is is the team atmosphere and the winning atmosphere and the energy that people feel when they walk into your dealership? How how important is that in your philosophy of of winning and, and going to the next level? Well, it's uh, it's really momentum, and uh, you know we bought the store a little over three years ago, and the place was kind of flat. They tried to back into a profit. Um, they weren't spending the money on marketing and advertising. And what you had was you had similar like personalities and temperament uh, with the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we obviously replaced a bunch of people, but we also kept a, a bunch of people that um, we inherited. And uh, you know, when you get that momentum going. When you invest in marketing and advertisement, you invest in digital, when you put processes in place and you bring in, you know, talent uh, and you start to turn your organization from a five or a six into an eight, nine or a ten, you attract those eight, nines and tens. So, you know, what you feel when you come in here is you feel the energy of people that want to win. And, you know, the great part about the car business is it's it's like we get to play a football game, except our game every 30 days or 31 days. Right. You know, it's a contest every 31 days. How do we do against our, you know, our other manufacturers? What is the score that's up on the scoreboard? And we all get the numbers at the end of the month, and you get a chance to win. So mm-hmm. I, I like to uh, hire and, and, and keep and attract, uh, you know, people that, that are competitive mm-hmm. and people that want to flat out get it done and play on the winning team. And you do. And you do. You know, you not only do you want to do it, you're doing it. 
And, um, you know, I, I think the dealers need to I, – I know that you, you you have a lot to say to a dealer, and they need to pay attention to it because it's the recipe for it. And, and would you agree, Cribs? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I'm going to speak from a, a semi-personal experience here because about uh, – probably about six months ago I had a friend come to me, a very close friend, and, and he said, uh, Dave, uh, if you don't mind, man, will you come with me? I'm going to go look at a couple of vehicles here in Brandon. And, and, and for those of you that are listening, uh, John Marazzi's store is located right here in, in the Tampa Bay area here in, in Brandon. And uh, so, you know, we went to – I traveled along with him. I didn't say anything um, in the car business because I, I hate that, but right. uh, I didn't bring that up. Um, I just came with him for kind of for support, and um, we, uh, we went to a couple of different lots. Um, and all I could think of was, oh, my goodness, um, man, these guys have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. And then we arrived at John's store. Mm. And I'm telling you right now, uh, John, uh, incredible. From the moment that we sat foot on your lot, I mean, the, the entire atmosphere, completely different, professional, had a process down to the uh, T, and the facility, amazing. Uh, and and there were people everywhere versus the other two places that were, were like ghost towns. So I commend you for that. I know you're creating that atmosphere, John. And uh, it, it, tell us, I, you know, I heard something uh, the, the other day uh, that you actually send out uh, messages, emails, uh, kind of uh, accolades, if you will, throughout the day to different team members that, that, that reach accomplishments. Is that the case? Yeah, well, the key is, you know, it's like I, I appreciate the compliments, um, you know, but uh, I also have my share of situations where we don't handle a deal right and we don't handle a transaction right. But the, the key is that if you have enough people that are that are really motivated to do the right thing, and, and motivation isn't necessarily money, it's it's recognition. So, you know, part of my, you know, it, to in today's car business, it takes a lot of work to run a very successful business because that's really what it is. We're not car dealerships anymore. We're businesses. And businesses, it's not who sells the most, it's who spills the least. So I have a company that listens to each and every incoming service call, each and every incoming sales call. And we get emails back of blown calls. Um, and we correct them. Uh, I get I get every um, unsold uh, follow up email telling me about what we did right and what we did wrong, which what we call tell me what to do next survey. But I also get every Google and dealer rate a review into my email. And uh, to your point, I send that note out to the entire team with, a, you know, a couple, a couple sentences, hopefully a paragraph about what was special about that opportunity. Um, and the people, it, it, we get the culture turned around where it's not the fear that's motivating people, it's the desire for recognition. And, and that's a big distinct in, in right. people's daily operating methods. Absolutely, and John, um, it, it was it was our fault. I mean, we we uh, we we've got to go because the segment we we you know we we jacked it up. You were supposed to be on in the in the front man, but I want to say this. First of all, I know you're extremely busy, and I wanted to ask you this. I kind of put you on the spot, man. Maybe we can bring our crew to your store one day in the next uh, few weeks and do do a maybe do something uh, do a segment that we re-air on Thursday from your store. Would you be open to that? Uh, sure, why not? That'd be awesome, man. For, because I mean, your store is it's amazing. And, and the energy is off the chain. And I will say this, dealers, uh, this month uh, we 
Uh, John Marazzi will be the uh, dealer principal featured in Dealer Solutions Magazine as well. Make sure you grab that. Uh, matter of fact, Matt Lasko, who was on the panel, was uh, last month's uh, feature. But um, uh, John, a, a, a tremendous car guy. Uh, we're going to be talking about your story. And, uh, man, I appreciate you you hanging in there and coming on. And, and uh we uh, we as always, man. You're you're you know you just bring such great uh, insight and um, we we come we come back, man. We we keep coming on and every once in a while and telling us. <laughs> yeah, of course, no awesome. problem. Man, John, thank all you right. so much, thank brother. Thank you so much, John. All right, see you all later. Thank you. Man. That's John Marazzi, dealer principal, Brandon Honda. Again, apologize about running behind, but um, here here we are, and we're going to be bringing on who we thought we had on a minute ago. So yeah. go ahead and do that intro again. That was a great intro. Man. Oh, well, hey, so hey, can you do it again? I, I'll try it. You know, <laughs> hey, <laughs> we have up next Matt Monero. Matt Monero, uh, founder and CEO of Commercial Fleet Financing, and they actually finance commercial, uh, large commercial trucks, equipment for dealers all over the country, and. Uh, but but more importantly, uh, Matt's going to share some other things that uh, that really tie into your dealership on a dealership level. So, uh, be, without any further ado, uh, Matt, are, are you on board? Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I am here. Appreciate all, everybody's patience on that too. Appreciate your patience, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, first of all, Matt, I just want to say congratulations. I mean, you have absolutely built yourself. Uh, an incredible business, and you know uh, one of the things that uh, that you talk about is is the investment in the people, and and I know that in your business uh, you have a lot of employees that are actually from the dealer side who spent time uh, in the dealership. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, maybe what dealers can learn as a lesson as far as building uh, a business? Because like John Marazzi was just on, and he said, you know. We're not necessarily, uh, you know, selling cars anymore. We're run, running businesses. We're running businesses. I mean, there's there's so much more going on now, uh, so many dynamics. Can you kind of touch base on maybe the dealership culture and the personnel culture? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think um, one, one of the reasons that, that we do pull some people from the auto side of the finance world into the commercial vehicle side is because um, – you know, a lot of a lot of managers on the auto side don't they they lose sight that it's a real person that is working on their team a real person that is already probably burning 60 or 70 or 80 hours of their life at the dealership and what we have been able to do is give guys an opportunity to you know if they need to leave at four to go coach the soccer team but they commit that they can be back by six, we give them the time to go do that. It will not change our business if they were to leave for, from four to six. And then if they need to also coach the game on a Saturday morning, we'll schedule them to be out from nine to 11. Mm -hmm. And so let's say that a guy's working 70 hours, we can give him those three or four hours that are incredibly meaningful to him and his family. And when he comes back to us, He's incredibly loyal to us. So that's a really important aspect that we're all about driving numbers here too, but we got to slow it down sometimes and allow that employee just a little bit of peppering on the home front, and they come back to us really fired up and appreciative of that. Absolutely. You know, um, Matt, that's that's awesome. And, you know, I know um, obviously your success is out there and, and, and um, you know, that's evident. But, um, you know, I know you're big on team building, dealership culture, uh, you know, business culture and, and dealerships. I, I think that looking in, in the, at the car business, you know, having been around the car business for 20 years myself and seeing, you know, guys like John, Matt and, and Brett and, and yourself and, 
you know, that have done it right. You know, there's so many dealers that don't. And I think maybe they they desire, but maybe not know how. But, you know, for those that don't know how, there's there's continued education. There's, there's, there's ways to find out how important, I mean, how important is team building? How important is culture? How important, you know, in, in really going to a level they've never been to, how important, as we were asking John, is is this to to their success? I, I mean, I think you have to really you really have to get down and understand culture mm-hmm. because we've been in business twenty years, and for most of that first ten years, all I cared about was scoreboard and growth mm-hmm. and driving it, and I didn't I missed the culture boat altogether. And so the last 10 years, all I focused on was culture. Mm-hmm. How do we bring in like-minded people? How do we bring in people who want what we offer, which is more? So the real way that we do that, of course, is skilling up. And you know, our, our companies use Cardone University for that, and we're big, big believers in skilling up and all of that. Another simple task that we do is we make every employee in our company pick a number. And that number is their annual income number that they want. Because so often what we see is people show up to work and they're not exactly sure why they're there. Mm-hmm. What, what is it there for? So we require our guys, everybody, from operations to IT to marketing and, of course, to sales, you need to know what you're working towards. Okay. And our primary definition of picking that number is it has to be more than last year. So. That has really helped our guys in understanding what are they coming to work for. They're coming to work to achieve a specific number. And the challenge as the manager is I have to make sure that the number they pick is a big enough increase. Right? They can't be a 3 or 4 or 5% increase in annual income. I want my guys to make 50 or 100% more than they made last year. Right. So that picking the number concept has really been instrumental in our success. Hmm. Yeah, and I think if you focus on team building, you focus on the culture, I think the sales, you know, the sales come. They will, they'll follow mm-hmm. if you've got your your people. If you have their hearts and their heads in the right places, and you train them as uh, as Matt is doing with uh, Cardone University, uh, you can really go somewhere. Matt, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to ask you about one more thing uh, before you take off because this is gonna hit homes with dealers. Uh, you know, oftentimes, and and I found this myself in this boat over the years, but. You know, you you go out to the auto auction and uh, you know you're you're bidding on cars and you're walking around trying to find the right deal and, and and we all know how tough that is in the first place. We're competing with everybody out there, and you look over and you see this big, you know, cargo truck or cargo van or some kind of commercial uh, flatbed or something, you know, and you go, man. Man, there really no one's looking at that, and and you know what? That's really not this. It, it isn't a commercial auction. This just happens to be here today. I, man, I, I could probably steal that. And then I think, and then you think, well, man, I don't know because I don't know if I could get it financed. I don't know how long it'd sit on my lot. I don't know about all these things. Can you address that, Matt? That's good. Yeah, we, we would make the suggestion to every dealer to just look at it from a diversity standpoint. If you can go to the auction and there, you're going to have 20 or 25 people bidding on the car that you want, and maybe one or two people bidding on that box truck or that cutaway or that tow truck, for example. And the reason most dealers don't like to pick that stuff up is because, just like you said, they're concerned about the financing piece. Is Ford Credit going to want to finance it? Is GMAC going to want to finance it? Is, is Wells going to want to finance it? And that's where we come in. So we have a no-age restriction program in our company, regardless of the age of the equipment. And I'm talking 10 years, 20 years, 30 years old, we will do the commercial financing on it. So the suggestion to the dealer base is, look, don't pass that up. You have less competition to buy it. 
there are financing options out there. You may not be tied into them, but if you look, there are other finance companies that will do commercial, and the spreads could be three times or four times what you're making on that Lexus. So that's just a quick suggestion. Think outside the box next time you go to the auction because there, there are a lot of opportunities that just because the eyes aren't seeing it doesn't mean it's not a good opportunity. That's great. That's great. Let me ask you this, man. Uh, what do you, you know, what can you say to that business? Uh, the, what, what's the, what's the most important thing as we, you know, as we kind of, you know, have a couple more minutes here. The most important thing to that entrepreneur, that, you know, that in, in, in that, that dealer, because dealerships. I mean, we're on, we're entrepreneurs, and I think the car business today, you know, especially some of the guys that we're meeting and we're hanging with, you know, you don't want to be like a turkey and hang with the eagles. And these guys are really trying to to to, to go to another level, do something they've never done. Um, you know, to these to these guys, what would you say? You know, what, what's something that you're passionate about that you can say, hey, this is what you need to do first, if nothing else? I know that might be a, <laughs> a loaded question, but... It's no problem, guys, because we, we live it here. The first thing you have to do mm-hmm. is surround yourself with like-minded people. And if you're in business to generate profits, those like-minded people have to want more money. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not, not what everybody likes to hear, but we're in business to make money. We're not in business to be a nonprofit organization. So we need people who understand the importance of more money. Now, there's a whole different way about doing it. If you want to train the guy and skill the guy up and help him and with a roadmap and help him make more money, mm-hmm. you got to do it that way. You can't just say, okay, you're here to make more money. you got to do multiple facets. One last thing. Mm-hmm. you got to commit. I mean, you just have to do whatever it takes to make the place successful. You know, I was talking recently with a a group of towing companies in McAllen, Texas, on a Sunday, away from my kids, away from my family, doing stuff that other people don't want to do. Mm -hmm. I raised my hand to, to the group and said, how many people in the audience have taken a company payroll check, but you were unable to cash that check because you paid your employees first? And you, were ama- you would be amazed at how many people raise their hands. Wow. And my point is, I get it, guys. Mm-hmm. I've done it, too. Mm-hmm. I've taken a company check that I was unable to I had to pay my employees first. You've got to commit to those kind of levels. That's right. That's right. I agree with you there. We've been in business 18 years, and I remember starting this company with $800, and it wasn't my $800. And uh, <laughs> I remember many, many a time in the beginning where uh, my check was – my, I paid myself a hundred bucks a week, whatever it was, and you know, um, you know, when you're building it, and I love that, Matt. You know, I like that, man. I, I it makes me fond of America. It makes me. It, this is what I love about the country because what the comment you made. You know what? It, it's hustle. It's commit. You know, um, I got buddies that that uh, that have been in business and or left. You know, working for me and said, "Hey, I'm going to start a business." And three months later, quit and go back to work for someone else. And you know, that's not an entrepreneur because entrepreneurs, you're going to get smacked in the face. You know, and 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 a lot. <laughs> you just got to keep getting up, and um, I love it, man. Dude, I, 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 I like I like to say to people that it's not the first step that matters. Everybody thinks the answer to the question of what's the most important step is the first step, and I totally disagree. With you. you know, the most important step is the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, right? Absolutely. Oh, Matt, let me tell you, um, I want to I want to put you on the on the spot for two things. A, I'd like to have you back on the show again, uh, give you some more time, and and get you on at the right time. Uh, and number one, uh, can can we do that? 
Oh, we'd be happy to do that, David. And number two, man, we got a Dealer Solutions magazine that we put out every month and uh, goes to uh, goes to all the dealer principals and, and GMs. And Matt, uh, John Marazzi is going to be featured. Grant Cardone, you mentioned him. He was on the cover in uh, September, I believe, or August. Uh, Tom Hopkins just was on the cover. We got great things. I'd like to uh, I'd like to have you contribute to that. I, I, I just you, you got you got my attention, and I love what you I love what you stand for. Would you would you would you contribute to that? Maybe write some in it. You bet. It'd be my pleasure to do that. And, and, and David Cribbs, I want to mention one thing to you. I don't know if you remember this or not, but but I was listening to one of those Cardone episodes. I can't remember which one it was, and a woman called in. And she was going through some tough times, and she had bought one of his books, and it really made her feel good, and it gave her hope. And you called in and said, I'm going to pony up a couple hundred bucks, and I want you guys at Cardone's office to send a full-blown set of material to her. And I remember saying to myself, man, that's one of the classiest moves I've ever seen. So I just want to shout out to you and say, man, that, that, that's just, that's what it's all about right there. Well, he's a class, he's, let me tell you something, that's, and that that wasn't for the air. That's 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 the way he is, man. So I appreciate um, that, Matt. I really but you know what? You said something, man. You said like-minded, brother. And you know what? I'm I'm just uh, I'm privileged to have met you today, and uh, look forward to uh, look forward to get you to know you more, man. Um, I appreciate. How how does how does someone get a hold of you? How do they follow you if they want to check you out on Twitter? I mean, what's what's uh, what, how do they how do they follow you, Matt? What how do they get a hold of you? Thank you. It's easy. It's at Matt Monero, and then the website for our companies is. Oh, you broke up okay, there on the yeah. website. Can say you say the website one more time? Sure. It's CFF, like Charlie Frank Frank Nationwide.com, and it's at Matt Monero on Twitter. Beautiful. Matt Monero, man, thank you for your Good patience, stuff. man. Thanks for your uh, content, and I uh, appreciate you, man. Have a have a wonderful weekend. That was Matt Monero, man, classy guy. Um, and, and, and I'll tell you what, he fired me up. I want to yeah. uh, I I definitely, I, I definitely check out what he's got. And, and uh, really cool, man. Well, hey, you know what? I'm really excited about this. So, uh, again, you know, we're behind schedule. But this is going to be a segment that you don't want to miss. It's, gonna, it's a short segment, but it's monthly. And then in, in next, uh, next month, we actually have this segment uh, uh, where it's going to be Skyped in and so forth. So it's, uh, it's awesome. Matt uh, Marsh Bice, GSM. Of uh, Mark's Chrysler Dodge Jeep starts today. Sales Diamonds. Check this out from Marsh Bice. We'll be right back in a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sales Diamonds, the segment on Auto Dealer Live where we talk about what it takes to be a gem out there on the blacktop. What does it take to be a sales diamond? Well, it takes persistence to stick to it to see the results you desire, commitment to perfecting your art, and self-esteem to know you are truly worthy of success. I'm your host, Marsh Bice, and today we're going to talk about the PRs of great salespeople. Corporations, as well as high-profile individuals, they, they live and die by the messages they are sending out. And whether it be from a shocking scandal to a new fragrance, it's the job of the public relations firm to spray the right message to its intended audience. In short, a great PR firm monitors the heartbeat of its targeted audience. And sadly, today's salespeople's careers are being cut short every day because they've lost the pulse and abandoned the PRs that once made them successful. Now, the PRs of great salespeople are preparation, practice, 
in production, and we're going to talk about those three things today. So the first one is is preparation. And preparation, well, that's the process of learning how to perform a specific skill. Now, what you have to do is is there's two keys to preparation. The first is visualization, and the second one is planning. So from the aspect of visualization, if, if, if high-stakes sales professions or high-stakes professions, for that matter, they see their desired out- outcome before they've even acted. And so, you know, take, for instance, the Navy Blue Angels. They, I remember watching a documentary, documentary and they actually visualized being in the air. And so they all sat in a room, and they were calling out the different signals and everything like that to one another. Their eyes were closed, and they were visualizing flying. And and in the same aspect, in the same respect, public speakers, they, they visualize getting a standing ovation. And world-class professional athletes, they visualize hitting the game-winning shot in front of millions of people. Now, these high-stakes professions, they begin with the end in mind, as Dr. Stephen Covey said. So, And as sales consultants, well, we practice visualization as well. Unfortunately, we visualize the wrong outcome. Why do we visualize worst-case scenarios instead of holy cow moments? When a customer drives up in an old beater car or they're not dressed for success, what's the first thing we visualize? We visualize not making a sale. And you have to understand this. Whatever you visualize, your subconscious mind accepts it as truth. And so, look, your subconscious can't distinguish between reality or fiction. If that's the case, what you need to do is is you need to trick your mind by visualizing yourself handing the keys over to your customers, uh, all positive outcomes. That's the kind of things that you need to visualize. Too often what we're doing, doing is, what are we thinking about? We're thinking about memories instead of imaginations. We're thinking about something that's already happened and letting that condition and letting that hinder what goes on from this point forward. Okay, so you spent two hours with a customer and it ended up not being a deal. Or the customer that you just knew that you had a deal ended up buying down the road. You can't visualize those things. If you visualize that and you visualize lack, guess what? You're going to attract more of the same thing. So look at it this way. Pessimistic minds, hey, they reap puny wages and wages. And optimistic minds, they reap a harvest of commissions. So be optimistic at all times. The second part to preparation is planning. Now, we sales consultants, we certainly have no trouble planning at all, do we? I mean, we plan for lunch, ice cream runs, after-hour drinking spots. We, we also plan to do better from the 15th until the end of the month, swearing to ourselves and anybody else who will listen, man, I'm going to work bell to bell, and I'm going to pull this month out, and we end up, end up with an average month. So those are the kind of things that we, that we plan. We spend more time planning events that cost us money and little toward the skills that will make us rich. Planning is the blueprint of your career. It is the written results of what you've already visualized. Do, do, do contractors begin building a house with a blueprint? Of course they do. They don't just, you know, you don't call a contractor and say, look, I want to build a house, 
and then they call and get some lumber dropped off, and then they mark it off with the heel of their boot in, uh, in, in the dirt. No, they have a blueprint, and they have specifics that they go by, and they don't deviate from those things. So in the same fashion, why don't we have a blueprint to our sales career? Because if you, if you, if you don't have a blueprint, then what you end up doing is you end up winging it. And you know what? you got to leave the wings to Hooters. Let them deal with that. Winging it is why customers say all salespeople are just alike. Very few salespeople take the time to work on planning, such as calculating the, the number of ups required to reach your monthly goal or strengthening your product knowledge or negotiating skills. D- don't build your, your career on a house of cards. The winds of circumstances will blow your carded efforts down. There's always going to be trials and tribulations in every single month. If you're not confronted with those things, then you're not pushing hard enough anyway. So visualization and blueprints, those are the roadmaps that will take you from mediocrity to greatness. Now the next part of your PR, the next PR for you is your practice. Practice is the art of putting all of your preparation in action. And and uh, you remember the on PBS, I don't even know if it comes on anymore, but uh, you remember Bob Ross? If you don't remember him, you probably remember the guy with the with the afro and and he painted stuff right and so there at the at the beginning there was this blank canvas and he talked to you all soothing while he was painting on the canvas and he did these little bitty dots and these little globs of paint and and he was just sitting there and he was dobbing at the canvas now we didn't know what was going on and as we watched the the his paintings went from renderings of of globs of paint to recognizable shapes to all of a sudden a beautiful painting by the end of the show. And in the same way, great salespeople, they artfully put their preparation into practice with brilliant strokes of questioning, listening, connecting to the customers, being interested in the customers. Great salespeople have the ability to render a masterpiece, transforming once shoppers into long-term loyal customers. Now, here's a word of caution. Practice will not make you perfect. Deliberate practice will. Now, you must be deliberate in all that you do. So your deliberate practice is is working on areas that need attention in your sales presentation, whether it's whether it's uh, answering specific objections that you're just not really good at or practicing uh, a product presentation, feature benefit advantage uh, presentation on a, maybe it's a maybe it's a vehicle you're not really good at showing. And so those are the kind of things that you're deliberate at. So you remember the NFL receiver Jerry Rice? Of course we all do. Do. And, you know, he played 20 seasons. But the reason why he did was not because he was unbelievably talented. No, it was because he was relentless in his pursuit to perfection. And so what he did is he was undersized and overlooked. But even though he had some weaknesses, what he did is he put 80% of his efforts into his preparation and practice and the other 20% known as games. Now, that 20% resulted in him getting a first ballot pick into the Hall of Fame. But in practice, what he did is, is when he caught a pass, he ran all the way to the end zone. 
every single – it could be a five-yard hitch, a ten-yard out, but every time he caught the ball, he ran all the way to the end zone. And what he was doing is he was putting those end zone moments into practice. He was practicing those things and visualizing it all at the same time. He was putting it into reality. So when he was in that situation in the game, guess what his body was conditioned to do? He was practiced so much that he ended up going to the end zone as soon as he caught the ball, or at least tried. The other thing that he practiced on, too, is he was relentless. His work ethic was unbelievable, even in the offseason. And what he did is he put his body to the absolute brink and then beyond some. There were world-class athletes, world-class athletes that went out there and tried to train with them, and next thing you know, they're hunched over on the side of a mountain throwing up because they couldn't keep up with them. And, but what that did is all of that practice he put into it, it really helped him through the fourth quarter and overtime moments. And that's the, it's that kind of conditioning that ended up putting him in the Hall of Fame that ended up putting him in great positions on every single game. So if you were a PGA golfer or you, if you were a professional golfer and, and, you know, hey, me and you go golfing, then, you know, David, you and I go golfing, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is is you and I go to the golf range and we just whack away at balls, right? Well, what, what professional golfers do is they put themselves in difficult positions. And so they'll take a golf ball and they'll put it in the sand trap, and they'll bury it. I mean, they'll stomp it in there. And then they practice hitting it out. Or they'll put themselves in the rough and then practice on getting their ways out, their way out of there. You can't put yourself in perfect positions all the time. If you do, there's no, there's no growth from that. Now, there are three areas uh, that, that we live in, or three zones. The first one is, is there, there's a comfort zone. The second one is a learning zone. And the third one is a panic zone. Well, in most of life, what do most people live in? They live in the comfort zone. And your body at all times is striving to be in the comfort zone. And what I challenge you to do is I want you to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's the learning zone. That's the middle zone. And in that learning zone, putting yourself in difficult positions, asking the difficult questions, going one step further than where your mind is saying you can't go any further, you can't catch another up, you can't take another phone call, those kind of different positions, when you do that, your 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 knowledge base, your skills are going to start expanding, and you're going to get better. Too often, as sales consultants, what we do is we go from what we go from the learning zone, I mean, from the comfort zone, all the way to the last zone, which is the panic zone. And so when it when we realize, we all of a sudden wake up and realize we got seven days left in the month, we haven't covered our draw, and what do we do? We panic. And what we end up doing is we sell more out of what we need and less out of the customer. Forget about what the customer needs. i got to take care of me. And you go for the throat for everybody, and you're not pleasant to be around and all those kind of different things. So concentrate every single day being when you're practicing be deliberate about it and stay in that learning zone at all times. Now, the last one is is the of the PR is production. And production is the tangible, measurable, cashable results of the preparation and practice. Now, the word of caution here because I don't want you to put too much effort when I say the production part of it. What's the first thing we think about? Well, how many units you selling? And that is important. I'm not saying that it's not. But what I want you to do is is if you focus too hard on the results itself, you get discouraged, and you're in a rejection-based business. If you're good, you're going to fail 70 to 80% of the time. 
And so you're setting yourself up to become discouraged. If you're only focusing on just the results only, what happens is those things that you pour your heart and your soul into end up cratering and not resulting in a sale. You get discouraged. You stop catching customers. And then next thing you know, it, your speech is jacked up and everything around you sucks. And so what I want you to do is I want you to put that preparation and I want you to put that practice and I want you to put that production into the effort that you put in every single day. If you do those different things, then the preparation, the practice, and the production will lead to the fourth one, the fourth PR, and that is becoming a pro. Hey, that's all the time that we have today, but remember this, there are plenty of Zircons out there. Don't be a fake, be the real deal, be a diamond. Endure the test, stay strong, and don't just try to survive, you got to thrive. And think of yourself as priceless, you know why? Because you are. The only one standing in your way is you. Until next time, I'm Mars Bites, and I'll see you out there on the blacktop. I don't know, five categories all these All right, we're back and in. What an awesome segment by Marsh Bice. Uh, Sarah Marsh, Dynas- Marsh bringing the heat. Bringing the heat. Stay tuned uh, once a month, Marsh. And he's going to be videoed uh, from now on. Uh, Marsh will be uh, visible where you can see him, where it won't just be an audio clip. But awesome job there. And uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap the show up today, but don't go anywhere because uh, even though the show's over, we're not going to cut out um, our Get Your Social On segment because we have a tremendous uh, audience, and they do as well. Uh, girls, Amanda and Aaron Ryan do an awesome job. But Cribs and I are going to go ahead and sign off. So when the Get Your Social On segment is over, then uh, you, the show will uh, subsequently wrap up on its own. But stay tuned for the Get Your Social On. We'll see you next it. week. Make sure you keep tweeting because you've got 50 minutes and the swag pack's on the line. And that's hashtag Auto Dealer Live at Auto Dealer Live, and uh, just uh, take, tell your contacts, man, to uh, to take care of you. We're going to be sending out the uh, results here in, in just about 50 minutes. You know what I'm ready to do, man? What are you ready to do? Man? I'm ready to. You here, you get your social. I'm ready to. Come on. You having fun? On Get Your Social On. It's rhyme time up in here today. I am a poet. <laughs> and she didn't know it. Welcome to episode... Welcome to episode 21. And we're having fun on Get Your Social On. It's rhyme time up in here today. I am a poet. <laughs> and she didn't know it. <laughs> I'm Erin Ryan, actually. <laughs> and I'm Amanda Ryan. And today's awesome topic just happens to be three Facebook ads that will change the way you use Facebook. Yep, we're talking about Facebook ads today. Last week, we touched on Facebook algorithm, how you can get it to like your Facebook page. You know, we've often talked about content and how quality content is very important, uh, but this is the second part of that strategy because there's more to the story. Facebook ads. We said stay tuned last week. We were saying things are coming. Well, here it is. And you cannot choose to not have Facebook Facebook ads. ads. You still have some organic reach, but Facebook ads give you so much more reach, it will blow your mind. It really does. And, you know, the thing is, is that with Facebook ads... Blew her own mind. Blew my mind. With Facebook ads, uh, there are two ways you can use them efficiently. First of all, you do not want to boost 
post from your page. And often people do that because it's right there, it's convenient, it's simple, lets you do it, it pops up for you. It's not as effective. What you want to do is start creating your ads with Ads Manager. Now, if you use ads, you know what I'm showing you here. It's on your Facebook profile, you will see on the left-hand side of your newsfeed, Ads Manager. And Ads Manager is where you want to start out creating Facebook ads. You can also type in the search bar on Facebook, Ads Manager, and it will take you there and you can see and learn more and discover more. Um, the second place is another dashboard. It's called Facebook Power Editor. You can check that out at facebook.com slash power editor or within the Ads Manager, you can actually access the Facebook Power Editor. But the thing is, is that, you know, some people are like, do I use Ads Manager? Do I use Power Editor? My recommendation wholeheartedly is you use both. Uh, Facebook Power Editor is great for the monitoring, maintaining of Facebook ads on a regular basis. It's more advanced, but you know you've got to learn both. You might as well you might as well um, apply and use them both. Yeah, and we're not just gonna say, oh, it's as easy as clicking a button because it's not. It's something you do have to learn. These are tools for you to use. There is a process, and you need to go through it. So what we need to do is either get somebody to show you how to do it, or have somebody do it that knows how to do it. Exactly. You know, Facebook ads aren't easy to apply. And when something is as easy as clicking a button like Boost Post, you probably aren't getting the most bang for your buck. I'm just going to put that out there. Now, Facebook Power Editor can be accessed through, um, it can be accessed through Ads Manager, like I said, but it can only yeah, be used in Chrome. Right. It's like, so don't forget if you're on a different browser and you're like, what, this isn't working. Why is there a pop-up telling me I need to use Chrome? Because it only works. This is when Google and Facebook just become friends yeah. for a minute. Are you guys like me? Alrighty, so... There are three types of Facebook ads that need to become standard today. Now, if you have an existing Facebook page um, or if you're just starting, you can apply the first part of these ads, and you can apply them pretty quickly. If you have a page that you have already bought likes, you went down that path a few years ago, it, the best recommendation, it sucks, but you really need to start anew. You need to have a brand new page, and this way you know that it'll be done correctly. Yeah, done right? right. You don't want a page that doesn't work with you. And we have to also reiterate here that when you do, I mean, because we're jumping into Facebook ads, when you do Facebook ads, you're not paying for likes. You're not paying for page likes or post likes. What you're doing is you're paying for reach. You want to target the right people with the quality content that you put out. And in doing so, Facebook will allow you to reach those people, mm -hmm. and those people then have the choice to like your page or like your post. Now, because those are the same people that have the like-mindedness of what it is that you are posting about, there are higher the chance of them liking your page and your post. Especially with the good quality content that we've often and will continue to refer to because that's the first part of your Facebook marketing strategy. Right. Facebook ads are the second part. So let's dive into number one, which is... Right there. <laughs> number one, Facebook page like ads. This is something you can apply from the get-go. You want to make sure you have like three or four posts that are quality posts that are showcasing your industry. And let's just stick with your industry for a little while. Yeah. You know? Um, and then you can apply Facebook page-like ads. And once you get to 100, you can start applying Facebook page post engagement ads. And this is from a real live page that's out there on Facebook. Um, as you can see, it reached 16,088 people. Uh, this is for a blog post. 
I mean, how great is that? Because today. you have to now um, think of the social signals that have occurred. Um, so again, we're tying search and social. And social. Yeah, okay. I will call her so on SEO okay. and social media combined. Okay. And then, so this is in the blog post. You reach that many people. You've had over 100, yeah, 100 likes and 80 shares. And we talked about last week, you know, the thing is, we talked about last week with the Facebook algorithm that shares are a big deal when it comes to the Facebook algorithm and when it comes to the search engine. So with those social signals that are going out there and you want to make sure that when you share your blog post, it's quality content that people can actually enjoy and will take those social actions to the Facebook And this is what happens when you apply Facebook page posting as correctly combined with while if I'm not here, you can go to him. Okay. If he's not here, Number come to three. me. Number of three. So those first two, throw your hands Facebook up and yell. Legs, and your Facebook life, page, you know, uh, post engagements. Those are really well known. Right. They're they're really standard. Like you really need to have them. The reach on Facebook is dead. Thirty percent is it? It's thirty yeah. percent. I mean, you'll still get that trickle, but you deserve more. Right. So Facebook clicks to website ads, also known as dark posts. I don't refer to them as dark posts. I refer to them by their name, click to website. Um, and this way you understand that what, what this ads purpose is, is to take people from Facebook to click over to your website. Right. So what it does is you create an ad. Um, it does not show up on your Facebook page, which is no. fantastic. Yeah, because you don't want multiple posts going out, if you, especially if you want to do like three or four click to website ads. Yeah. And the reason why it's called dark posts is because it doesn't show up on your page. It only shows up in the newsfeed of the people you've targeted within the ad. Right. So, you know, as well as the side. Yeah, as well as, yes, as well as uh, the right-hand side of Facebook, the lower right-hand side, you know, you've seen, seen them. You've seen your own ads. And on mobile. And it shows an analytics this way, which is fantastic because you can actually see how it's working for you. You, you know, often with clicks to website ads, you'll see a raise in your analytics of where Facebook sat before, and you can compare it month to month, year to year. It's fantastic. So, mm -hmm. um, the call to action button, which is usually shown on the ad itself, you, you know, for the automotive industry, you want to choose learn more, and that's how people can click through. So, use those VDPs that you got out there. Sell those vehicles. You can... This is a format for advertising to be able to showcase to people in a social way. Right. You don't want to make it sound like it's an ad. You want to make it sound like it's a story that they belong in. They need to be that main character. Right. Right? So do that with your ads. Showcase fantastic vehicles from your um, website that you've taken, you know. Uh, I know that's hard for some. You know, stock images are sometimes the only thing. But that means you've got to put a little bit of oomph in your creative writing and You'll be amazed what the website ads can do for you. It's really fantastic. Yeah. It is time for Get Your Social On, Social Shadow. We hope you dance along with us every week because why? We want to bring more awesome people together. We do. Within the automotive industry, other like minded people that you can connect with, you know, maybe collab with, figure out. So. People like Jerry, Jerry's GM, at Jerry's GM, Jerry, at Cars Her Way, another fantastic lady in the automotive industry, at Mercedes Benz FS, another luxury vehicle that you just love to get my hands on, at Doug Smith CDJ, Chrysler Dodge Deep, I'm like Chrysler Dodge Deep. <laughs> you were combining them together. I was combining it all together. <laughs> Doug Smith out there. At Parts Toyota, 
Toyota ABQ. And I'm sure you're sure representing in the house. Oh. <laughs> Hello. All right, so if you're a GYSO addict, and we hope you are, if you're just like just becoming one today, or you've been with us since the beginning 21 episodes ago, we want to make sure that you are with us every single day of the week. We love you, and we want you to come join our Facebook group. There you can find out great giveaways because we always let us add itself first. Example or exhibit A. <laughs> Denise, we saw that you got yours. That's fantastic. Thumbs up. So many of you. We will have like a, a picture collage soon. We have we so much yeah. coming up. We do. So many great things are coming. Stay tuned for that. So you want to know, you want to be in the know, you want to hang out with us, be friends, facebook.com slash group slash get your social on. All day, every day, we'll see you there soon. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap this episode up. But you know what? If you want to know more about us, you can head on over to wikimotive.com. That's right. We're from the internet marketing company known as Wikimotive. And our team, are, we're just fantastic. I don't mean to float around boat, but you know what? Fantastic at writing articles about how you can apply it, great internet marketing to your dealership. Right. And so if you want to read those articles, check it out at thewikiblog.com. Like like more expanding on more of today's topic and last week's topic. Oh, so much topic for that. Until so next time, info. friends. Get, Get your, your social on. Back to you, Back David and David. Thank you, Jesus.